Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Welcome to an episode of Times Observer. I'm Jonathan Hassan, and joining me for today's program is my dear friend Amir Tsalfati. Amir, uh, thank you so very much for joining us uh, once more. How about you open with prayer and then we yes. dive into today's flood of topics, if yes. you will. Yeah, Father, we thank you so much that uh, you are in full control of everything. And there is a, as you wrote in your word, there's time for peace, there's time for war, there's time, for, there's time for everything. We don't understand everything, but we trust you that if you allow something, you will also make the most out of it. Father, we thank you again that you are the Aleph and the Tav, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing is hidden from you. Nothing is surprising you. You know man's heart very well. And Father, we ask that throughout this program today uh, and what we will talk about, you will uh, cause your children to be encouraged, uh, to have hope, and, and, and to have uh, much uh, joy in their uh, walk in these last days. We thank you and we bless you in the name of the Holy One of Israel, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. 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 I mean, how about we start with a word of encouragement after yes. such a <laughs> turbulent month? I think it's uh, important to emphasize always. It's about being close to the Lord. It's about being in His presence and serving Him. And everything else is redundant. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I was conversing with a good friend of mine uh, this week uh, and uh, earlier we just had a conversation. I said, you know, the mm -hmm. King Solomon said, yes. everything is redundant. I don't know the, the English term for that, but, you know, he had everything. But at the final days of his life, he came and wanted to instruct his children, saying, everything matters not mm. but God. Yes. You know? It's amazing, Jonathan, because I just gave a message at the Dead Sea about the Dead Sea, how mm -hmm. they can see. And uh, one of the amazing stories in the New Testament is about uh, the rich man and the Lazarus, that they all both die. And the rich man who never regarded God at all in his life wished he could go back to tell his children and his family, it does matter how you live in your life because you can't change anything once you die. Absolutely. And so that, that follows the same narrative, I think. Indeed. How about we start with one of my favorite uh, encouraging psalms. Psalm 23, Kav Gimel. Mm -hmm. uh, how about I'll start with uh, Hebrew and you'll follow in English. Yeah, no problem. And then we'll dive into the rest of uh, today's topic. So it goes as such. Mizmor le David. Adonai roi lo echsar bin od deshi arbitzeni al mei menuchot yinaleni nafshi yeshovev yancheni b'maagalei tzedek leman shmo gam ki elech begei tzalmavet lo irara ki ataim adi shivtecha umishantecha hema yenachamuni ta'aroch lefanai shulcha neged sorerai dishanta 
בשמן ראשי כוסי רוויה. אך טוב החסד ירדפוני כל ימי חיי, ושבתי בבית אדוני לאורך ימים. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beautiful. You know, I, I always love the, the sentence, and it correlates with what you just have said. Um, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes. Not for our own sake. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we, as Christ-like, we want to be like Christ. We project or reflect the love of Christ mm-hmm. to our neighbors, to our friends, to our surroundings. And when we walk in the paths of righteousness, we reflect that righteousness yes. which d- is derived, which emanates okay. from Him. You know, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you need to... to behave in such a way that when they see you, they will actually praise your Father, which is in mm. heaven. Don't take the glory to yourself. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. All right, Amir. Uh, we had 11 days of hostilities, uh, among others. Uh, during those 11 days, of course, there was also a uh, strike in a very specific location of the area of Abul Kamal while the Iranians were trying To divert uh, uh, the attention in the Gaza front, they sought to seize the opportunity to replenish their stocks in areas in Syria. Uh, thankfully, not everything works at their advantage, and uh, that was uh, thwarted by unidentified aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that same time, on the Tuesday of that conflagration, The second Tuesday, if uh, I may, there was an unmanned aerial vehicle uh, that had uh, the capacity to execute offensive uh, uh, missions, fly out of Syria or Iraq. It's still unclear uh, where, the, uh, where it came from, but it flew over Jordanian airspace and tried to penetrate into Israel. Here, too, it failed miserably to do so. And uh, it seems like the Iranians are trying to... Uh, in multiple occasions to uh, disrupt mm-hmm. uh, Israeli uh, peace, mm-hmm. if you will. Now, uh, a second point, uh, which happens in tandem, of course, is the, the talks in Vienna, um, with all indications uh, leading towards a possible or an imminent, uh, unfortunately, uh, um, agreement. between uh, the P5 plus one and Iran regarding the nuclear file of Iran. It's also very important to highlight the international community, the International Atomic Energy Agency specifically, does not have any inspectors in Iran. It does not know what's happening there. 
everything that is within the technical understanding reached between Alakshi, the Iranian uh, uh, nuclear chief, and uh, Mariano Grossi, uh, which is the, the director general of the IAEA, uh, is about the technical equipment that it won't be destroyed or erased by the Iranians until the 24th of June. So that's the only thing that was agreed upon. The world is flying blind with regard to what Iran is doing behind closed doors. Another point, uh, during the hostilities, of course, we had Turkey, which uh, tried to raise the the flag and engrave uh, itself as the, the battle or the, the chief uh, musician of rhetoric against uh, the state of Israel. Uh, it was quite apparent that uh, it was successful among many Turkish dissidents living in Europe, in the United States, and elsewhere, supporting their um, Palestinian compatriots and, and trying to inflame the streets of uh, the West and elsewhere against Israel. Now, let's focus on those three things and start with the first question. And that is the Palestinian question. From a biblical perspective, where do the Palestinians come into play? Mm. Well, first of all, we can clearly see in the scriptures that uh, when Israel was born as a state, it had opposition from all around and from within. And if you read Psalm 83, it was clearly indicating that uh, there is an enemy that is coming uh, and lift up his head. And then the Bible says in verse 3, they have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. Israel is God's sheltered people. And then he said, and they consulted together against your sheltered ones and said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Hmm. And uh, the, uh, let's remember the, 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 the number one thing that enraged Arabs that call themselves Palestinians is the issue of the name of the state of Israel. If we wouldn't be calling this place Israel and we, we would have kept the Roman given name, Palestine, they probably would have been okay. But take a look at this. We have restored the biblical God-given name to a land that God has given to us. And in Ezekiel chapter 37, we have this miraculous restoration of Israel from the graveyard in Europe. And the Bible says that God is saying, I, the, I, the Lord, will take you out of those graves and I will put you in your own land. And then he says, I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. God brought the European, wherever it is, wherever Israel, the Jews are, back to their land. And he also says, I did it. Nobody helps. Nobody uh, assists. I'm the one who physically brings you back to the land. And, and now we see that there was an attempt from within and we know that because the local Arabs at the time, who calls themselves Palestinians, they collaborated with Hitler. They had a, a, a deal with Hitler that once the Nazis will finish with the Jews, they will receive the land. And so I'm, I'm thinking the Palestinians never, ever in the scriptures posed an existential threat for Israel. When we really think about it, the war that all of us are awaiting, the Ezekiel War, is not including the Palestinians. It doesn't include any of the local Arabs. It includes major 
Islamic countries. They're not even Arabs. If you really think about it, Iran is not Arab. It's Persian. Turkey is not Arab. It's Turkmen's. And Russia is obviously not even Muslim. And you think about it, and you, you're looking at it, and you see how there is an, an, attempt, an attempt to divert the whole thing into back to the original, which is the religious track. That's why it's all about Al-Aqsa. And the Palestinian issue will never, ever take off. Because everybody in this region and around understand a Palestinian state is, is, is something that cannot exist. It never existed in the history of planet Earth. And it can never exist in the way the Palestinian society today is so divided between Fatah, which is a national movement, and Hamas, which is a, a religious movement. I think it's very important to highlight nowhere in the Hamas charter does it say that Hamas will eliminate Israel or destroy Israel. But they want, they don't, they want to control... It says the following. Yeah. It says that Islam Absolutely. will eliminate Israel. It's not talking about because Hamas as an organization. Right. It's talking about Islam as a whole. And then it continues as it has done before before to the previous conquerors mm -hmm. of the Levant, so-called. But the thing is, as you see, Hamas is not looking at themselves as a national movement. It is part of the jihad movement of the Islamic Brotherhood, Muslim Brotherhood, that is aligned with Al-Qaeda, that is aligned with, uh, uh, you know, ISIS, that is aligned with uh, the Turkish uh, government and the Qatari ones that have been supported by. Look, you and Iran, although Shiites and not Sunni, for the sake of the common target of, con of having Islam controlling this land. It's interesting that you say that. They actually. also... Uh, they assist because Iran, of all countries, has mm. the means to assist. Iran is the is is the bully in the neighborhood that nobody knows how. There's only one president that knew how to deal with them, but he's no longer in office, and they are now just out of control, out of control. What you just said in your uh, introduction about what the Iran, the circus that is going on in Vienna, and how how the Iranians cut all access to all uh, you know, inspectors into... Look, Iran declared four nuclear sites when they have 19. Iran is deceiving. Grossi just said today that Iran is, is enriching uranium in, in levels that only countries that make bombs do. So Iran is doing whatever Iran wants. Iran's proxies are doing whatever they want. But all of that is for the common goal of having Islam controlling whatever in the Middle East is not Muslim yet. Indeed. And it's it's very interesting what you just said, because uh, one, uh, the, the next sentence in that same charter of Hamas actually speaks about the fact that the Muslim world is on fire. And it's uh, the responsibility of each Muslim, whether an organization or whatnot, but uh, of all of them to put a little bit of water to calm things down to shift focus to the real goal. Mm -hmm. And and that is something that, you know, everybody always, like uh, Psalm 122, everybody speaks about praying for the peace of Jerusalem and stops there. But what about the rest of that psalm, mm -hmm. which has plenty more to uh, be heard from the Word of God with regard to uh, the Lord's perspective of things? Um, it's important to see the big picture yeah. about everything. And the more we zoom out from different realities, whether it is uh, on a municipal scale or on a great power competition scale, there's so many layers in between, and each one 
has something to do with the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So it's always important when you realize, when you uh, look at things, when you um, study something, always yes. zoom out, Absolutely. zoom out, zoom out until you realize, for instance, earlier last week, we had Xi Jinping from China call up President Hassan al-Khani and telling him, not asking him, telling him, China expects Iran to closely cooperate and be more cooperative with China. It is as part of that great power competition between China and the United States, something that at a time when Russia is trying to figure out, okay, where am I standing with the current tools at mm -hmm. its disposal? The European Union is in an identity crisis, trying to figure out what it's doing, all the while it is coordinating the whole discussions in Vienna that we're speaking about. And uh, it is a pacifist organization. It was yeah. created as a pacifist mm -hmm. organization. Yeah. So how can a pacif uh, pacifist organization actually deal with a question that has to do with the possible annihilation yes. of multitudes? And, and an annihilation that is being declared and praised from every podium. By the way... I know it may not make sense to you, Jonathan, or it may not make sense to most of the people that are watching us today, but Israel has an interest in keeping Hamas alive. Absolutely. And, and you know, I always say there is the tactical and there is the strategic. In the tactical, uh, you know, in the tactical level, yes, Hamas is maybe a problem maker. But in the strategic one, Hamas will ensure that the Palestinian state will never, ever be established. Because Hamas now, if Hamas strive to represent the Palestinians and it is held as a terror organization, it reflects on all the Palestinians right now as terror organization. It's the, the legitimacy of the Palestinian Authority is questioned right now if Hamas indeed will take over and represent them. And not only that, if you really think about it, Every possible mistake was done by Hamas that caused what, what, what really happened in the last uh, two weeks. But I, I must say again, Hamas at least is someone that does what he thinks, whereas the Palestinian Authority is hiding behind the national facade of maybe living, maybe not living in peace with Israel. But you know their charter, you know exactly what the Palestinian charter, the PLO charter was all about. My point is this, I, the devil that you know is always better than the devil that you don't know. And to me, i rather deal with someone that I know exactly what he's all about and I know how to deal with it. Now, do I like these rounds of violence? No, I don't. But do I prefer them controlling two million people than myself? Absolutely. And I think that the deterrence had been restored in the last two weeks in levels that, the, that Hamas will... Will, will prove and show for many years now. And I also think, look, Nasrallah gave a, a, a speech last night. He looked very confused, very weak, very, very pale. He lost some weight. And the guy, the, the, the best he could give is some fireworks and some flames in former IDF bases in, in southern Lebanon. That's it. It's a light and sound show. They are not going to do more than that. Palestinians, the Iraqi, the, 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 the Iranian-backed militias in Iraq, all of them understand that they don't want to go through what Gaza just went through. And I even follow the, the talkbacks of the Gazans themselves. One of them just wrote this morning, before our victory, we had eight hours of electricity per day. Now we have four hours, 
Maybe after the next victory, we'll go back to candles. I mean, they understand that <laughs> there is no divine victory here. They lost big time. Now, am I triumphing over their loss? No, I wish we didn't have to do all of this. But it goes back to Jerusalem. It goes back to the religious tracks. It goes back to who owns this city. And therefore, we shouldn't be surprised that eventually, even in the end times when the Antichrist will rise and reign, it will be from Jerusalem. He will enter into the temple that the Jews built in Jerusalem to declare himself as God from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the essence of the attempt of the enemy to replace God. Mm. And so the religious track will always be there. As long as the God of Israel is the one who brought Israel back to their land and gave them back their name, the enemy will try to cut us off from being a nation that the name of Israel will be remembered no more. You know, when uh, I was uh, sitting during the riots in Jerusalem, I was sitting uh, at a specific location overlooking the old city of Jerusalem, and I actually saw live the whole uh, riots there. Uh, when the firework burnt the tree yes. next to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. I actually um, took a picture of that uh, and posted that. But, you know, uh, while I was looking at that, it, a lot went through my mind. And, uh, I spoke to a, a senior official in Turkey uh, about uh, this specifically. I, I, In the past, many years ago, he took me to a tour of the old city of Jerusalem uh, because I was keen on listening to the Turkish narrative as the former Ottoman Empire, which built much of the walls of today uh, that you see in the old city of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and uh, to understand their perspective to things in uh, the time of, uh, you know, the, the Othman and, yeah. and the different Suleiman the Magnificent. Suleiman the Magnificent. Yeah. And Suleiman was a fascinating mm-hmm. character by himself, uh, a very intellectual person. Uh, and if you read the history about his activities, um, you can see that the, he also understood Christianity, he understood the other side of, of picture and knew how to use it against them. Mm. But anyway, uh, while I was touring with him the, the old walls of Jerusalem, he told me about the fact that there are no true Turkish symbols in Jerusalem of today. Why? Because Suleiman did not want to deprive Jerusalem or specifically Al-Aqsa, which is, you know, it's not the Golden Dome, the Mosque of Omar, as people know it. It's it's that small mosque next to it, you know, and, and therefore they didn't want to diminish from its glory and honor. Um, and then the Palestinians were actually the one who helped the British oust the Ottomans out of Jerusalem. Uh, ironically speaking, the same people or the who are the descendants of those who helped the British kick the Ottomans out. And then instead of conquering Jerusalem, the commander of the British forces went down of his horse and entered Jerusalem. General Allenby. General Allenby did not want to portray himself as the conqueror of Jerusalem, which is a holy city. And, uh, you know, after that happened, the, the British also tried to treat Jerusalem in a respectable manner, in an honorable manner. And since then, when I was seeing those riots, and the, the tree burning thing that went through my mind, including that tree burning and, and much more, there is no honor. No. They dishonored. 
in what is happening. one place that they are fighting for. Indeed. If you look at the pictures of what went on inside the mosque, how they stored rocks and big, uh, you know, wooden and, and metal bars to, to throw, it's, and that was planned, pre-planned. All, all these things were there because they knew something. Is, and you're saying to yourself, it's the holiest month in the year for you. It's the last week. It's supposed to be the highlight of that holy month. My understanding of prayer and fasting is that you get closer to God, you get more spiritual, you get more forgiving, you get more peaceful. What are we watching? I asked that specific question. How can Turkey back those who disrespect what they want to be fighting for? Mm -hmm. And he said, Jonathan, it's not about the Palestinians. It's not about the populations. It's about Aqsa. Mosque. The mosque, which is built on the place where the Holy of Holies used to be. And that specific place where Abraham took Isaac and put him up for sacrifice. And God obviously Mm -hmm. provided the ram. ram. And it's just, you know, fascinating that it's all about that specific spot. The Bible says Jerusalem is like a cup of trembling, a cup of sorrow. And like a heavy, burdensome stone, and anyone that will touch it will be scratched. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like if you're not the person to whom God gave Jerusalem, you will suffer. You will be, you will be, you will be injured. It will actually backfire on you, and we will see that. Jonathan, Jerusalem, this is not the end of the suffering of that city. Even if you really, truly read the description of Zechariah chapter 14 of what's going to happen to the city in that last battle before Jesus will return with his feet in Mount of Olives, the city is going to go through a horrible destruction. And, and, and if you really read the book of Revelation of how the two witnesses are going to be killed and then dragged in the street and then ridiculed, we know that when they resurrected, there will be an earthquake that will destroy a third of the city. In other words, there's so much more that is awaiting to that city. All that we see now, Jonathan, is just the foretaste of the real suffering the city is going to. This is why it's so important for us to communicate the gospel to people, especially for the peace of Jerusalem, for the peace of the residents of Jerusalem. If you are there not... There is no peace without no, the Prince of Peace. Exactly. And until he comes, when we will say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, until then, Jerusalem will be a horrible and, and, and suffering place. And don't be, don't be fooled. What we see now is actually the, the renaissance of the city before the major, major, major... Uh, um, tribulation of that city is going to take place. You know, I have no words. I can quote, but I have no words to describe what Jerusalem is going to go through. It's hard for me to even speak those words. It's hard to fathom as a Jerusalemite. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, in, in Israel, you have the rivalry between Tel Aviv and yes. Jerusalem. We are Jerusalemites, so it's it's hard for us to even fathom as believers who believe in the Word of God to know what this city is going Mm. to go through. But unfortunately, we'll have to continue our discussion in the next program. Um, Mil, thank you so very much for coming to Jerusalem and and really uh, going through this uh, important topic. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next time. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, I'd like to thank our viewers as well.
May the Lord bless you and may we see you again soon. Shalom. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.